The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even un the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The gospel of the Lord. I'm willing to guess that the vast majority of you, matter of fact, not all of you, independent of your age, uh, maybe not, but I'm pretty certain that all of you have had moments in your life, even, even little ones, moments in your life where, you know, something's going good, you got something going good, uh, whatever it may be, it's just good, everything's there, and then all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, not even solicited or asked, out of nowhere, um, without even any knowledge of actually really what you're doing or how it's going, out of nowhere, without even asking you or seeking your opinion on it, or hey, what's happening? Out of nowhere comes a disruption. A disruptor. Something disrupts it. Now, I know I've said this before, my parents oftentimes are watching on live stream, right? They're watching on live stream here. They know me, my mom knows me, my dad knows me, okay? I grew up in a family of six. Four brothers and a sister. And what I'm talking about as a disruptor is there were moments in my life where I would come in the playroom as a child, I'd come in the playroom and I'd see my brothers playing, my younger brothers whether playing with their Legos and I wouldn't listen to the voice of truth, but the disruptor would kind of get a hold of my heart and I'd say, I want those Legos. What are they doing with my Legos? And I'd start thinking about myself and I'd go in, next thing you know, boom, without mom and dad looking, Boom, I kick over the Legos and it's a big fight. And then I stand there, I didn't do anything, I didn't do anything. So it's kind of like, even in, in, in children on playgrounds and stuff, right? Where there can be those moments where we really, really want something. We really need, we want it our way, we want it this way. And we can step in and the disruptor can actually disrupt our hearts. And then it can turn into a moment of disruption. I've said it before, my brothers and sisters Christ, and I say it again, it's never us against them, independent of our age. It's never us against anyone else, creating God's image and likeness. But there is a disruptor. There is a divider. There is a deceiver. There is a father of lies, the same father of lies 
that's been kicking around that's a lot smarter than you and me and all of us combined along with all of his cronies. Now, one of the eighth graders went out from eighth grade and said, hey, I learned that word in a crony. A crony is someone who follows, they're a follower, but they follow a bad leader, okay? So those following the devil and all that are bad leaders. But we put our strength in the Lord. We know our Lord is stronger than that, than any of them. But we need to unite our hearts with our Lord, listen to the voice of the truth, to be able to counter what? The disruptor. The disruptor that can come in circumstances we cannot control. The disruptor can come in the free will use of others. And the disruptor that can kind of get the best of our heart and disrupt our hearts, even if some people really haven't done anything wrong, but something gets going in our hearts and we become a disruptor. We become an instrument of disruption. What do we see in the gospel to say today? We see the disruptor. We see the one crying out, hey, I know who you are. And the reason why I kind of raise my voice, there's exclamation points in there. I know who you are. Why would Jesus have said, just be quiet? Why wouldn't he just kind of like sat there and said, yeah, tell him who I am. And I'm going to the cross and I'm going to give it to you. Why? It said everybody was amazed that he spoke with authority. He spoke with authority. But what kind of authority? What kind of authority? Because when he said, they said he spoke with authority, but not like what? The scribes, the religious leaders, who he called out a lot that sat on their thrones and told everybody what to do. But he, he spoke with authority of the truth. He was the voice of truth. He was truth. Jesus, our model. And so he spoke with authority. How can we unpack that authority? Well, we know that in one moment, in the same town, Capernaum, a centurion, a leader, a soldier, sent one of his servants to go to Jesus. He didn't feel worthy to go to Jesus. He sent a servant. And the servant came to Jesus and said, hey, my master, uh, he's calling for you, and he sent this message. He too is a leader. He too is someone of authority. He tells someone to go, they go. He tells someone to come, they come. He's asking you to come and to help his servant, not his family member, not someone who's done great, whatever, but his servant in his home. And what did Jesus say? There's no greater faith in all of, all of Israel. Jesus also with his apostles who followed him, he said, uh-uh, you're not gonna lord over people the way they do. You're gonna serve, you're gonna serve that type of authority. Jesus Christ was sitting amongst the people and they were baffled because he spoke with authority, but he was so humble and simple and putting themselves in the midst of those who were suffering, who had illnesses, who were rejected, who were cast out, who were whatever. That type of authority, the authority that comes with love, the authority that comes with a relationship that Jesus came not to wag a finger and tell everybody, get your act straight. But he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. What? In love. He ultimately came to love all humanity into the truth. Patience incarnate from the, from the cross. Okay, you wanna crucify me? You don't wanna listen to me, the voice of truth? 
You're going to have to listen to me from the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I want to love you into the truth. I want to love you into the truth. And I need my followers to do the same. To not impose my truth, but to propose the truth with love, even if it costs you. To be that type of a leader. The type of leader in the workplace that goes around to the offices and maybe meets people where they are and not just the passing how you doing type thing where everybody just kind of goes through that. But no, really, no. How are you doing? How's your wife? How's your family? Have you had a little time off? You know what? Why don't you cut out early? Why don't you do that? We can make more than enough money another day. Go be with your family. Go be with your family. We see in the gospel today, Jesus calling out that deceiver, calling out that disruptor. And he calls to you and me, and he wants us to listen to him who is the voice of truth in our daily life. He's that voice of truth with the Holy Spirit that's gonna say, you know what, you're just probably not good to go over there and kick over the, the Legos of your younger sister or brother. Probably not a good thing. But the deceiver, the disruptor, is gonna be loud and is gonna try to get that storm turned up in your heart. And he's usually gonna come when things are going good. I'll share with y'all a little story, getting a little sidetracked on that, but I was up with the, with the men's retreat this past Friday. Not, the, the, those of you who couldn't go, don't feel bad. Father's not here guilting you. Not everybody can go. But 80 men went from the parish. It's the max who could go for this retreat. And hopefully, my hope is every man will have an opportunity to do that to be able to take advantage of the retreat, to pull away. And their wives, I saw one wife made a big sacrifice carrying in the children for mass and one of them being a special needs child and all that. And she was just grateful that her husband was able to get that time away because we need that time away to go and have that moment to listen to what? To be with and to listen to the voice of truth. So I went up there and I was up there and uh, you know, it was towards the end of the evening, Friday evening, <clears throat> and it was approaching nine o'clock and it was time for confessions with one of the priests there. We're looking at 80, 80 men. And uh, I just kind of said to him, I said, you know, guys, I'm gonna be honest here. I like to go to bed early. I like to go to bed early. I'm not a late guy. I'll get up early. I'll hear confessions at four, but that's not fair. And so I went, uh, sat down, and three hours later got up with the other priest. I'm not bragging about it, but three hours later I got up, and I know that one of the last ones came in and said, hey, Father, I'm the last one. Don't you feel good? And I said, yeah, I mean, it's great, but you know, this is nothing compared to what Jesus did when he went to the home of his mother-in-law, healed her fever, and then sat in the doorway all night long, taking their infirmities, bearing their wounds, bringing it on himself. And I don't think it was just like, oh, let me make you feel good, let me make you feel good. I think he literally took all that suffering, all that hurt, the woman with the hemorrhage, give me that hemorrhage, I'll take that. You carried it for 30 years, I'll carry it for you. And he was preparing his heart for the cross. And so for me, my whole reflection sitting there was like, this is nothing compared to what Jesus did, but it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit doing the work in your heart. It's the voice of truth that brought you here, and it's the voice of truth that'll sustain you here, and it's the voice of truth that'll help you persevere. It's awesome to be here, even though we may be a little tired. 
I left that morning and I was like, man, I'm like thanking Jesus in the car. Something really good's going. It's awesome. There's a revival. And you know what? I picked up the priest who was leading the retreat from Colorado, a religious priest, awesome young priest. He used to be the chaplain at uh, the Naval Academy, solid. And he was asked to do the retreat. <clears throat> and he said to Adrian, our director of evangelization or director of uh, discipleship in the parish, he said, I'll come if this guy can come with me because I'm not a married man. And it'd be good to have someone to speak to them who's actually walking in their shoes too. So we brought this guy with him. I picked them both up and we had an hour and a half ride up. And the guy who was with him sitting shotgun in the front seat, he's a combat veteran in the Navy SEALs who retired as a captain, almost an admiral. And he wasn't like wearing it on his sleeve and standing on stuff, but a man of faith who's now since retired in his second career, jumping on a plane, coming out with a priest to be with 80 of our men. And to hear him kind of tell a little bit of his story. But before I left, we had a little talk because I didn't tell him anything about my background. He said, hey, I heard it last night about you had a little time in the military. And I was like, yeah, I did a little. Nothing like you, but I did a little. And he said, you know, one of my friends, one of my friends who's a Medal of Honor winner, winner I served him, served with him, uh, he had a saying in the, in the Navy SEALs. You know, as, as nearly admirals, generals, we had some serious authority. But in the Navy SEALs, with what we had to do to go into combat, he was like, this guy always said that as a leader, as someone of authority, you have to be able to acknowledge the rights of the person who's the lowest, who may speak the truth that could save lives. So the lowest of the person in the group should be able to speak up and say stuff and you should be just as interested in them. And as the person of, of authority, should have the humility enough to know that you're not always right. Because if it's gotta be your way or the highway, and the ego gets in there, in that type of operation, in combat, someone's gonna die. It's amazing. And just that idea of the centurion in the gospel and Jesus speaking, he didn't, he came that we may have life and came into the, to the full. And he's way stronger than that deceiver, that disruptor, or that whatever. And so to call on our Lord Jesus Christ, the power of his name, and to listen and open our hearts to the voice of truth in our lives. The young priest starting the retreat began in a beautiful way, it kind of blew me away, it helped me too. And he said to them, he says, I want you to get out your Bible. And I'm saying this right now to all you men. All you men right now. Above all, you married men right now. Because he was speaking to the married men. Obviously, all of us can take it away. I'm not a married man with a family, but I have my role in the church. And God calls me to love in a particular way. He says, take out your Bible. Turn to Psalm 27, which was written by David as David was getting ready to go into battle. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to buddy up with a guy next to you. And I want you to alternate the paragraphs. One of you prays the first one. The other one prays the next one. The other one prays the next one. The other one prays the next one. And alternate all the way through. When you get done with that, I invite you to take 30 seconds or so of silence. Think about what the voice of truth is saying to your heart. 
and then share it with each other. Man, I'm telling y'all, something was happening there. It was beautiful just to sit back and partake in that myself with one other man, but to be there kind of back and forth, but to hear the rumbling, hear the rumbling of the living word of God being spoken, spoken, spoken by 80 men back and forth to each other, rumbling, rumbling, it felt like a new Pentecost, rumbling, 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 then a pause and utter silence. And then rumble, 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 rumble. The voice of truth. It's powerful to hear that. Then the young priest stood up and said, gentlemen, that is how you pray with your wives. That is how you pray with your wives. And a lot of folks would be like, you know, wow, it was an aha moment because a lot of times we think, how do I pray with my wife? How do I pray with my husband? How do I pray with my child? How do I pray with a colleague at work? How do I pray with a friend at school? How do I get together with someone else to listen to the voice of truth and draw strength from the Lord who's there to be with us in the midst of our daily battle, to avoid the disruptor who wants to disrupt our life. This is how you pray with your wives. Break open the living word of God and let the living word speak to your heart. Let him step into the temple, the synagogue of your heart. Let them speak with his loving authority to you too. I'll close with this. He closed with one last phrase of, of our Lord, and he challenged the men, have a Bible at home that you open up, but you can't take it everywhere. So maybe get a smaller Bible, or write down the living word of God that helps you. Carry it in your pocket, so you can pull it out at key moments and draw strength. You can have the voice of truth with you always. Memorize it, write it down, share it with others and draw strength from the Lord because the Lord comes to help us in our times of need. It is the same God, the same God who spoke to Isaiah, the same God that, walked with, that was with Moses, the same God <clears throat> that called David, the same God that sent Gabriel to Mary, the same God that encouraged Joseph same God that comes to us and speaks to us and wants to go with us and be with us today. I'll close with this verse of Isaiah 55 verses 10 through 11. <clears throat> Yet just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall do what pleases me, achieving the end for which I sent it. The end is your salvation and my salvation.
the end is your redemption and my redemption. The end is salvation for the world. May we listen to the voice of truth.